Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. A few days ago, I put out my running back rankings, so top 12 running backs. Today, it's time to talk about the wide receivers. And going through, you know, the running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end rankings, I feel like the top 12 wide receivers was the toughest list to do just because the position is so deep, especially when you're getting into like those later wide receiver ones, kind of like wide receiver eight through even like wide receiver, like 14, 16. I feel like those guys can be ordered in a bunch of different ways, you know, and no one would technically be like wrong with their opinions, but let's just jump right into it. Starting at the top here at number one, this is where I have Cooper Cup. In my eyes, he's the clear cut number one wide receiver this season. He was just straight up unstoppable last year. He averaged 4.4 more points per game than the number two wide receiver. That is a massive cushion especially at the wide receiver position. He put up double-digit points in every single game, and he actually managed to score 20-plus points in 14 of his 17 games. I mean, that is absurd. If you have a wide receiver who's just averaging 20 points per game, I mean, that is crazy. You know, like, they're even getting it in half their games. He did it in 14 of his 17 performances. I don't know if we're going to see something like that for a long, long time. So Cooper Cup stays here at number one. Stafford's going to be back. He is going to be the guy once again. Now at number two, this is where I have Justin Jefferson, and he's just been dominant in both of his NFL seasons. You know, he even managed to take a really solid jump, you know, from his record-setting rookie year into year number two, and he just has everything you're looking for in an elite fantasy wide receiver one. Last year, he was the wide receiver four in points per game, and this is going to be a very similar offense heading into 2022. Kirk is back. You've got Cook there. Thielen's going to be there, but I think Jefferson's just going to continue to be more and more of the alpha, so he should be feasting again in 2022. And then at number three, I have his college teammate. That is Jamar Chase. He had an elite rookie season, averaged 17.9 points per game. And I think this Bengals offense is still just on an upwards trajectory. You've got Jamar Chase going into his second season, Burrow's going into his third year, and then they went out this offseason, they fixed the offensive line, they signed Kappa and Collins, which will just give Burrow more time back there. You know, the run game's going to be better. You know, rising tide is going to raise all the ships, and Jamar Chase is going to be an elite wide receiver one heading into next season. Then at number four, I have Devontae Adams. He's on a new team, but I still think he is a top-tier NFL wide receiver. And, you know, the Raiders really aren't a bad landing spot for Devontae Adams, but I do think it's definitely a downgrade from the Packers where he was like the clear alpha playing with, you know, probably a top three quarterback in the NFL. I still think Carr is going to pepper him with targets and will do more than enough to support him for fantasy football. I just don't think he's in that like wide receiver one discussion, which he could have been, you know, potentially him versus Cup if he was still in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Then I've got Stephon Diggs at number five. I feel like there's a little bit of a drop off here from Devontae Adams to Stephon Diggs. He had a slightly underwhelming 2021 season after finishing as the wide receiver three in 2020, but he's still going to be the alpha wide receiver on an elite offense with Josh Allen at quarterback. And he just seems like he's going to be a lock to be a wide receiver one, you know, a top 12 guy in points per game, but he also has that elite upside that he showed in the 2020 season. At number six, I have Debo Samuel. He was dominant last year, the wide receiver three in points per game. And it's really because he was utilized heavily as both a wide receiver and a rusher. 
He had 1,405 receiving yards, six receiving touchdowns, but then also added 365 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. I could see a little bit of regression from Debo next year when Trey Lance does take over because Trey Lance, you know, known for his legs, may take some of those rushing opportunities, less work as a receiver, but I have no doubt that he is going to be an absolute stud next year. Now at number seven, I feel like this player is once again being undervalued, and that is Deontay Johnson. Looking back at last season, he finished as the wide receiver nine in points per game, and that was with Big Ben at quarterback. Now he's being picked as like a mid to back end wide receiver two. That just makes no sense to me. I feel like there's this weird narrative that Deontay Johnson was only good because Big Ben was giving him so much volume. That is not the case. You know, Deontay Johnson was the wide receiver nine in points per game in spite of Ben Roethlisberger, not because of him. Deontay Johnson can win all over the field, and now he does have a slight upgrade at quarterback with Mitch Trubisky. So I really like Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver one this year, and I feel like I'm going to have a lot of shares of him heading into the season. Here at number eight, this is where I feel like stuff started to get you know, all over the place. I mentioned it at the top. You could have so many different players slotting in here, but for me, I went with A.J. Brown, and like I said, I had a tough time differentiating the rest of these, but I do just really like Brown's massive ceiling. He is coming off a year where he only averaged 13.9 points per game, but the Titans passing attack was just all over the place. Tannehill underperformed. Julio was just an absolute bust. A.J. Brown was banged up throughout the season. So I'm looking to see more of the 2020 version of A.J. Brown, where he went out and averaged 17.2 points per game in his second year. At number nine, I have Mike Evans from the Buccaneers, and it looks like Evans is once again going to be a steal in fantasy drafts. He was the wide receiver 11 in points per game last year, and I feel like he should be finishing in the same range, if not better. He's got another year of chemistry with Tom Brady, no more Antonio Brown, no putting together massive games next to him and Godwin, and he's just so consistent on a year-to-year basis. 1,000 receiving yards in all eight of his seasons, and the most games he's missed in a single year is three. So I really love Mike Evans as a back-end wide receiver one. Tyreek Hill is going to come in next at number 10, and I'm kind of still trying to figure out how to evaluate this overall Dolphins offense. I do think both Hill and Waddle are going to find success, but I just don't think Tyreek Hill has the same ceiling that he did with the Chiefs. You know, operating as the wide receiver one with a stud quarterback in a high-scoring explosive offense, this Dolphins offense is definitely going to look a lot different. So he may not be, you know, a high-end wide receiver one for fantasy, but I do think McDaniels is going to find ways to manufacture touches for both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and I feel like he's going to be given a lot of yards after the catch opportunities. So you know his production may be different instead of these like bombs where he's getting these like 40, 50-yard touchdowns. Maybe it's quick hitters that he's able to turn into massive gains. So he definitely drops from where he you know, would have been with the Chiefs, but I still think he's a very solid fantasy option. Then at number 11, I have a Chris Godwin. And if we knew that Chris Godwin was going to be 100% healthy going into the season, he would honestly be in play for that number eight ranking. Remember, his season ended early with an ACL tear. It looks like you know he's going to be in play for week one, but we really just don't know at this point. But when he did play last year, he was fantastic. In his 13 full games, he averaged 17.8 PPR points per game. And comparing him to Evans, 
I do think he is the much safer wide receiver in this offense. He has a higher weekly floor. He definitely receives more consistent volume and he is less touchdown dependent than Evans. I'm just not able to rank him in front of Mike Evans because there is the possibility that he misses a few games early on or maybe is just a little bit off you know, for the first part of the season. And then the final player in these rankings at number 12, it is going to be C.D. Lamb. And I think once again, I'm likely going to be lower than consensus on Lamb. He really almost didn't even crack these top 12 rankings. And I do think, you know, he has a newfound ceiling now that Amari Cooper is gone, but I don't think that's going to jump him up into like a mid-tier wide receiver one, which is where I've been seeing him be drafted. You know, Lamb's underwhelming 2021 season was not because Amari Cooper was on that team. You know, both wide receivers ran the exact same number of routes per game, 30.4 routes per game. And C.D. Lamb actually saw a higher target share than Amari Cooper, but he only finished with 14.6 points per game. Now he's going to be receiving, you know, some more attention from defenses with Amari Cooper gone. I do think he's going to take that next step because he is a very talented player, but I just don't think he's going to be taking that jump that a lot of people are expecting. If I was going to be targeting a Cowboys wide receiver, it would definitely be Michael Gallup, who right now is going like the double digit rounds, but he's going to be sliding into that wide receiver two role where he absolutely thrived in his first two NFL seasons. So I'm pretty aware that having CeeDee Lamb here at number 12, I'm likely not going to have any shares of him. And that is fine for the second year in a row. And then just to talk about some honorable mentions, players who totally could have fit into this top 12. And if you had these guys in there, you know, I really wouldn't fault you. For me, you know, the clear guys that stood out as the toughest ones to leave off were DK Metcalf, fantastic wide receiver. We just don't know what that quarterback situation is going to look like. Keenan Allen was great last year, super consistent on a week-to-week basis. He's going to be in a top offense once again. Amari Cooper from the Browns. Right now, he is looking like the clear alpha. And if Deshaun Watson does not receive a suspension, I think he's going to be knocking on the door of a top 12 ranking. And then the final guy is T. Higgins. I feel like in all likelihood, he's going to be a top 12 guy in points per game. I just don't think he has the ceiling of a lot of the players ahead of him because we know he's locked in as the wide receiver too compared to guys like Metcalf, Lamb, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, who are all likely going to be the wide receiver ones on their team. But with the wide receiver position being so deep, I mean, like players like this who were left off, I'd be totally fine snagging those guys in like the third or fourth rounds, plugging them in as my wide receiver one and wide receiver two, instead of reaching early on for some of these wide receivers or like the mid-tier wide receiver ones and then attacking that running back position. So going running back early and often, you know, like I normally do, and then getting these really nice like fringe wide receiver ones in the third, fourth, maybe fifth round. But that is going to wrap it up for these rankings. Let me know what you guys thought about these down below in the comment section. Remember, these are not going to be perfect. So let me know what guys you think should be higher or lower. Did I miss a guy on this list who should be in the top 12? Drop it down below. I'll respond to every single person. Thank you as always for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one.